Hello and welcome to Pursue Talks, brought to you by Pursue, a bespoke leadership and transition coaching company with a mission to create, nurture and develop inspiring leadership across the global education sector. My name is Nicholas Mackay, Associate Professor, Certified Professional Coach and Director of Pursue. In these series of conversations, we will bring you cutting-edge stories from across the global education sector, delving into the minds of recognised leaders to find out about the challenges and main issues they are facing and how they are responding in times of uncertainty. My guest today is Colette Firth, an executive head of three schools in the Peterborough area. Colette's been a head teacher for 17 years, working and growing the three schools to a student, um, well, I think it's about 1850, I think at the moment. Colette, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I'm really, really intrigued to see how, how you've been um, coping and how you've been responding to the challenges of the recent events. Um, so what has, what has been the real challenge for you as an executive head running um, three schools at this time? I suppose it's been um, about, well, actually, first and foremost, it's, it's not seeing people. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So the current issue is that we're not seeing the children day in, day out. And then you kind of, if you're not careful, you lose a bit of perspective about why you're doing things. So that's the biggest challenge at the moment. But the biggest challenge, I suppose, three weeks ago was four weeks ago was preparing, was getting organized, was trying to put some systems and structures in place so that we could see this through productively. And I think that's been our biggest word. Whatever is happening over the next few weeks, we've got to make this time productive. And our sort of mantra is, when, you know, this isn't going to happen again. So actually, if the children are not in school, what are we doing to make sure they're learning? What can my staff be doing at home to get them ahead of the game? Because we may never get this long time again where we've got an opportunity to think and learn, really. Sure. I mean, I've been in, I've had the pleasure of being in a couple of your schools doing some coaching um, and you've got a really cohesive senior team. So how did you go about getting everyone prepared for, for this lockdown? Yeah, well, so I think we, we were we were sort of forward thinking. So about, uh, I suppose about a month ago, we began to see what was happening. Mm. So on things like, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, we began to hear rumours, I suppose, that uh, a lockdown was coming our way. So um, we said, okay, we need to get ahead of the curve. We need to meet as a senior leadership team. And because it's three schools, actually we have this huge senior leadership of about 10 of us. Right. So we met on a Monday morning and um, we said, okay, well, if this is going to come and it could be that we are all 10 weeks out of school, let's say 12 weeks out of school, what are the possibilities? So what could we make happen? And we just began to really bring all our ideas together. So people were talking about um, how we were going to teach children at home, how we were going to get lessons on, um, downloaded to the children, how we were going to get Google Classroom up and running for everybody. So we just began to unlock all of those things. And then we began to think about, okay, well, what else? What other possibilities are there? So we can do a daily collective worship, for instance, from home, and we can put it on the website so people can watch it. Right, yep, great. Who's going to be in charge of that? Right, you sort that out. And then this is an opportunity for staff. So they're going to be at home. They've got access to reading and learning and thinking. What do we want them to get out of it? So another one of my senior leaders, a deputy head, said, OK, I'm going to put together 
a kind of a CPD bingo card. Okay. So they've got 10 weeks at home. Here's a list of things you've got to do by the time you get back to school. Kind of tick them off as we go along. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. So she yeah. was doing that and being and doing some research. And then um, one of my heads of school, she was at home um, with a cough. So we had to send her home. <laughs> okay. And uh, and actually, what I, we said to her, okay, while you're at home, can you organise the the well being of all the other staff? Because that's going to be critical in this. So can you make sure that people are doing hangouts? Can you make sure that people are connected? You know, whatever that looks like, can you make that happen? So by the end of this meeting, we'd really organized everybody into different groups and we'd, we'd kind of, we'd got a plan. And then from that point onwards, we, we were just waiting almost mm. for Boris to say, okay, schools are closed. And, um, we just kept meeting with staff on a daily basis and we were doing our own kind of meeting with um, staff every day and just keeping them up to speed with what we were doing. And then um, once lockdown happened, then we had, you know, things going out to parents saying, this is what we're going to be doing. Check on the website daily. And, um, and, and everything just kind of flowed because everybody had a job to do and everybody got on with that job. So by the time lockdown came, we felt we were, we felt quite confident we were in a good place actually. Um, and, and, and in terms of, you know, my own leadership, I just think that actually you're in training all, all the time as a head, you are training for times like this. And actually, as a head, you're training all your senior leaders. You're creating this team so that when things go wrong, you're all ready. And I think we felt like that was our moment, really. <laughs> things are going wrong all over the world. Okay, we know what we're doing. So it, it felt, you know, we were kind of, I suppose, running on adrenaline, really. And so I'm, I'm really, really curious, there. how have you gone about ensuring that your leaders of the schools and you said your 10 yeah. strong leadership team is in the position to respond to challenges such as this um well so you grow i mean i've been ahead 17 years so you grow <laughs> yeah. them don't you you, do, you yeah. just you, you you create the right climate for leadership and you just and, and it's not it's not that we're perfect in fact we're not perfect and that's that's why we can deal with difficulties because when things go wrong i think we're honest and open and we sit around and we we unpick it and try and just dig into things and try and improve all the time so um you know so st john's one of my schools um our biblical narrative is um for with god nothing is impossible and even before you know this we've had that as our kind of mantra nothing is impossible right we can do that come on it, and it means that we're all workers and we kind of have that culture in our school so I think you know we were we've been so many years in the making of this team and I think this is yeah that's why we felt confident we could just you know get on with it really so in in terms of how your team is functioning now at distance yeah um, how as an exec head are you ensuring that things are, are continuing to be effective in, in again with people not being face to face having those yeah. meetings that you've been describing yeah so um so we have um a, a zoom or a kind of a google hangout um every week 
and um, just talk about what we've been doing. And then everything that we are working on goes on uh, Google Drive. So everybody can see everything. Right. So uh, on those meetings before we were into lockdown, we all had a list of jobs that we're doing. And then we share everything on Google Drive. And then you can just write comments and and actually you can add to it and change things so that there's a sort of a collaborative feel about the way in which we're working. Um, and, and there are some, you know, there's some issues with that because I think we're used to working face to face. And so when you're talking face to face, you can read somebody's face and you can think, I can see what she means by that. Whereas actually when you're sending emails and I'm terrible at sending emails because I just write three words and send it. Because I think, you know, I'm on to the next thing. Go on, yeah, next. And actually, <laughs> exactly. And then the problem is that people read those three words and they think, well, that's bloody rude, isn't it? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> people don't see my face. They just think, well, she hasn't even asked me how I am today. <laughs> so I think there's that kind of dilemma about, you know, it's not the same. So we're trying to work on that a bit at the moment. It's an interesting thing you say there, Colette, because <clears throat> I, I have the same here when I'm doing my, my coaching still virtually is you, you feel compelled to ask how everyone is all the time <laughs> and how people's family are and how so-and-so is. Um, yeah. And it's very, very di difficult to sort of come across and go, okay, well, we do have some work to do here. So we, you, know, you have to be compassionate, but also there's things yeah. to do, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in, in terms of your virtual meetings, how do they run currently with your senior team? Yeah, so we, we meet on a Friday afternoon and then I just say, okay, um, kind of let's everybody give a rundown of, of what they've done this week or how we're getting on and then let's get stuck into some analysis. So what's worked well, what's not worked so well, where, where we've got gaps. So I think one of our big gaps at the moment is that we're putting all this work online and we think only about 50% of the kids are accessing it. So, okay, is, how that, do we... is that because of internet issues? Or is that because of people who haven't got the right resource or the right resources? So, right. that's a big issue for us at the moment. Is right. and I think naively we expected everybody to be able to just use a phone or use, um, you know, just get on and get doing stuff. Sure, but then, sure. and I think we were just in some ways just a bit foolish, really. So, I've got one family, they've got nine children. And they've got one tablet, one phone. Well, okay, that's never going to work, is it? And we didn't. <laughs> tricky. Yeah, we didn't kind of make enough um, allowance for that. So we're busy trying to think. Okay, have we got old laptops we can get out to kids? How can we kind of just get stuff out to to children, really? So those things come up at SLT meetings, and we just kind of kick the idea around until someone says, "I'll have that problem. I'll go sort it out." Great job done. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, great. Sorted. Okay, we can move on to the next um, decision. Yeah. So just on that then, what are some of the most difficult decisions you're finding you're making in terms of your students? Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's interesting. So a friend said to me, well, you can't have too high expectations, can you? And, that, and of course, that goes completely at odds with everything we've ever done in our school. So we have unreasonably high expectations of our children sometimes we expect them to do incredible things and then all of a sudden we're saying well don't expect too much and and so that so the mental block is there to begin with you're thinking okay well what's reasonable what's unreasonable but yeah I don't want them to fall behind 
because some of our children, they're not going to get the support from parents. Well, I shouldn't be saying that. Okay, how can I get parents? So we're constantly in this dialogue of saying, how do we get parents to support us when some of them are illiterate themselves? Okay, let's think of a different angle. So we just, that's our biggest debate at the moment, really, amongst SLT. So how do you then, if you've got issues of parents who are being illiterate, as you said, Colette, how do you then engage students in, in these times? So I think what we're trying to do is to do um, so, so different ways, really. So we're using Google Classroom. We are using um, Google Drive and documents so they can download stuff. And then what we're starting next week is some video conferencing. So the teaching assistants that we've got in school, we put them all on. So really quickly, when, you know, four weeks ago, we got them on a, a kind of a course that they could all do, uh, you know, online at home. And that comes to an end at the uh, kind of in the next couple of weeks. And we said, right, once that comes to an end, great. Let's now get them so they can um, do some mini group work at home um, with particular types of vulnerable children that we're concerned about. And let's get laptops out into those families. So I think that's where we're going in the next couple of weeks, really. OK, so you're actually taking the laptops and the resource to yeah. your students. Yeah, yeah. And operationally, how does that work? So I'm, I'm really lucky because um, <coughs> I've got, um, so I have an ICT manager who, so we run our, our own little company <laughs> from okay. the school, going into other schools, helping them with their ICT. Got you. And um, so I'm so lucky that we've got this team of three technicians and an ICT manager who is just incredible. So, you know, you give him a problem and say, right, we need to get out 20 laptops to 20 kids. You know, how are we going to do it? And he'll say, right, OK, I can I can work with that. So, um, yeah, he's just fixing things. I've got technicians that are coming in. They're fixing old laptops and just thinking, right, OK, you know, let's see if we can get these out to kids. I mean, it's interesting just picking up on what, what you said, Colette, about that, that discourse or that friction about some. I, mean, I, I find this when I, when I coach leaders is how much do we try and push on the students and say, this must be done? Yeah. How much do we say, well, actually, let's go easy because yeah. there's too much going on and be kind to people. Where do you stand with, with all that? Hmm. It's a dilemma, isn't it? And I think um, I don't want anybody to be disadvantaged because of this. And I suppose that's the driving force. So. Uh, you know, they, uh, we're kind, <laughs> but expectant, you know, so we're saying, look, we're going to support you. And we've got all kinds of, you know, we've got, we run a fantastic forest school at our schools. And so she's been uploading activities of her in her garden doing forest schools and some of the kids have been doing it. So we've got, we think, okay, we've got this covered. We're doing some collective worship. We're doing phone calls to vulnerable children. I've got, um, thrive practitioners who are ringing some children so we we feel like okay i've got that covered but let's not have too low an expectation because i don't want them to be too far behind in september when they come back i just think oh you know i want you to be ready for september so what does too far behind look like colette <sighs> i think so when i've worked in other schools i think over the summer holidays, there isn't that huge drop off that there is in my school. And I think um, so. And, and I, I hate to say it, really. I, I don't like the word deprived either, because I think that 
comes with all kinds of connotations but some of the children in our schools they come back and 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 actually there's been a massive drop off in the six week summer holiday because i suppose they're not doing anything really mm. they're not they're not accessing books they're not so they're not doing of those things that some other children might be doing so I suppose I'm trying to inspire them to continue to do some bits and pieces so that they are not too far behind. Somebody, I read a book recently, they were saying, um, we're trying to, to fit a pint into a half pint glass. And I just thought, yeah. And I suppose that's that dilemma then. Well, don't push too hard. And you know, you don't want to tip people over the edge. And, and then I suppose what you do is you rely on the fact that you've created the right culture in your school in the first place. So you hope that actually the children in your school are up for stuff. You know, we're going to get, we're going to throw things at them and we're going to make expectations of them and we're going to, we're going to continue and, and they're going to be up for it because that's the culture of our school. So I suppose that's what you hope actually. You've so, created the right culture for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good point. I mean, you also, you've spoken a lot about students um, and how you engage in maybe taking things to them in terms of staff. You yeah. mentioned about Google Hangouts and, and, and yeah. connecting. How's that going at the moment? With You mentioned well-being and, and keeping yeah. people connected. How are you going about doing that? Yeah, so actually um, Charlene's been doing all of those, those, those things and that's worked really well. So, and Sh Charlene's um, a head of school, isn't she? Yeah, so Charlene's yeah. the head of school. She was the one with the cough and so we, <laughs> she had to go oh, Okay, out. right. So which was, which was in some ways really useful because that gave her brain space and capacity because if i'm in school and i'm kind of going right this is where we're going she's at home thinking uh, uh, she's on a different uh, agenda but part of the same thing that gives her brain space to think okay so i can uh, create this google hangout timetable for for what's going on and that's what she's done so there's things like cookery classes there's things like a coffee break there's things like a, a live collective worship there's a quiz on a friday night with a glass of oh, wine wow. so she's really created this incredible timetable of of what's going on and then deborah who's my other head of school she's been part and parcel of um doing some research and handing out research to teachers as well so she's been looking into hubs of excellence she's been looking at some texts guy claxton's work um she's been looking at uh, matthew Said's Re rebel ideas mm. and praising some of that and then sending it out as think pieces so between the two of them, they've created this sort of culture of well-being, but work as well. And I think I think we've 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 almost got the balance right. Almost. I mean, it's, that sounds fantastic. It sounds like if you've got that the kind of um, the social side, yeah. the informal side, but you're still furthering and professional development yeah. of your staff as yeah. well. I mean, it's interesting you say that, Colette, because when I when I coach school leaders, it's always about well, a lot of time it's about this idea of servant leadership. And I see so often leaders running themselves into the ground, trying to yeah. do everything themselves. And sometimes it's just about having that headspace yeah. and being strategic and planning. Yeah. And that can make all the difference. As you just mentioned there, you know, um, Charlene went back with a, with, a, with a cough, but that's allowed her to actually um, yeah. you know, prepare, plan and have an impact in a different way. Yeah. And actually you couldn't, you couldn't. And what I thought one of the interesting things, Nicholas, was that, 
because I was the executive head, in some ways, having Charlene went home with a cough, Deborah then went ended up going home with asthma. And so actually it was just me. And I think there's something in that that made it better. <laughs> because then that's just me going, okay, you do this, you do this, and I'm just going to lead the schools almost from the front of it, which is not usually my style, but it was kind of a bit of a, right, let's get, right, I've got a plan. We know what we're doing. Let's just move forward. And I think I didn't have to worry about them almost. I could just get on with it. And I think in some ways that was quite beneficial in that first week, really. So just as following on from that then, Colette, how has your leadership developed as a consequence of the last month? Um, well, I suppose there's steps forward and there's steps back, aren't there? So my, you know, my natural style is I'm a bit uncollegiate, but then um, I think I see when I need to lead from the front and I felt like that was the time to lead from the front. Um, and then, and then it's then it's redirecting that because it's knowing when you need to st step back from the front and think, okay, where are we? What are we doing? Because you can't be, um, you can't be thinking, you can't have that strategic overview if you're leave, leading from the front because you can't see, you're, you're just seeing where you're going. You're not seeing what's coming behind you. So I think it, it was understanding when to step back from that. And I think that's only just probably this last few days that I felt that I felt ready for that. And that's been, so it's been challenging knowing when to step back and knowing, right, whose turn is it now to kind of take on and step forward a bit. So I think I've, my own leadership has been that sort of perception and, and I don't know whether I will have got it right until I look back on it with some clarity. I, I, you don't know, do you? No, you know, you don't know. Um, I suppose it's on reflection, isn't it? So yeah. I'm curious, how do you know, how did you know when to step back? I think your body sort of tells you. So I've not <laughs> been I've not been calm until this weekend. So I've not had that sense of calmness until then because I've been, I suppose that wired, that sense of anxiety has kind of been, you know getting things done, dashing off emails, talking to people, all of that sort of heightened thing has not gone away. And then I saw as I wasn't ready to hear myself. So because I was so heightened, I couldn't see almost or know or hear when would have been a good time to step back because I was too heightened. Whereas I think over the weekend I've relaxed, I've kind of thought, okay, take a breath. And then I can now see, okay, now, now we need a bit of a different plan. We're on a, a kind of a, a restore plan. We're on a different plan. I don't need to be leading from the front and rallying the troops. We need a different plan now. So I think it's your body tells you, calm down. You can't sustain this. Yeah, I suppose everyone goes into this right doing mode. Yeah. I've got to be doing this. Things need to be doing. And that's a, that's a very, I talk a lot about um, different times of energy in coaching, anabolic and catabolic. And catabolic energy is fantastic for that kind of short boost. This yeah. needs to be done, fight or flight in some respects. Okay. But at some point, that's not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about taking that time to sort of come back and think, well, actually, am I doing myself any good here? And also, is this the right thing for everyone else? Yeah, yeah. 
So in terms of that then, Colette, what's the next stage for you um, and your leaders going forward? Because it's obviously the, um, the Easter holidays now, isn't it? Yeah. So what are the next steps? So I think it, it is that restore, repair and, you know, kind of recoup and, and to have those conversations about what will it look like if we end up, so it's second guessing again, it's thinking, okay, let's second guess. Are we going to be back the first week in June? If we're back the first week in June, what's that seven weeks going to look like? What do we want to get out of it? And what will September look like? In fact, what will next year look like? Bearing in mind what's happened. Um, but if it's not June, and if they come up with this crazy plan of just doing the last or the first couple of weeks in July and then, and then the summer holidays, what's that going to look like? Um, so it's, it's kind of second guessing and having a plan A, B and C and thinking who runs with what. So actually, again, it's just about sharing it out and seeing where's the next step. So, yeah. From your position, Colette, would it be easier to go back in September? Or would it be easier to go back in June or July? I don't know. So I've uh, <laughs> originally, I thought if we went back almost the 1st of July, we've got two weeks. It could all go completely a bit nutty, but almost then it might be out of the way. So behaviour might be a bit bonkers, staff might be a bit bonkers, and then let's just get it over and done with. But it's a short amount of time to be bonkers. <laughs> So let's just get it sorted. And then, right, we're back in September. But then I think, okay, well, actually, if we went back in June, the beginning of June, then we could be in a position where it might go a bit bonkers and behavior might be a bit funny. But then we might get to a bit of normality before the summer holidays. And then that might make a difference to coming back in September. I don't think coming back straight away in September is going to be, uh, I can't see that as being very effective, really. And what makes you say that? I think it will have been such a long time at home, really. I think trying to generate any... I think you will get this drop-off where people really want to come back to work and school and then they might just get into a drop-off of, oh, I can't really be bothered now. That's yeah. that, you know. <laughs> yeah. just it's just getting your head back in the game is difficult, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. It, it sounds as if you've got... Well, you're starting to plan for different yeah. options going, going, going forward. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the real challenges for you working as an executive head, yeah. what, what are they? Getting, getting the right person in the right job now and thinking, how do I get the most out of this time? So it's thinking what needs to be done, what, what's possible and then, um, and then just planning it and getting the right person into it. I think almost being an executive head is almost being like an architect, isn't it? So you start to, you start to draw it out, plan it out, and then you need your specialists to come in and support you. So you need your kind of your ICT technicians. Okay, how am I going to get this working? And you need your heads of school from a you know a day-to-day -day, um, process. How's that going to look if we come back the first of June or whatever it is? what's the first day going to look like? Because that's critical. Getting that first day right will set the tone for, for, for the rest of the, the weeks back, I think, really. So it's just about getting the right people in the right place and inspiring them to, to make that the best possible return that we can make it, really. 
And what advice would you give for other school leaders, whether they're heads, executive heads, senior leaders, in these times of managing uncertainty and managing change? I, I think listen, listen to yourself and trust yourself. Um, and I think use the people around you. So know that you that you've been <laughs> that you've been training for this. You've been preparing for it. It's it's nothing that you can't deal with because actually you've been a teacher you've been a deputy head maybe you've been a head teacher so you've you've come through this training program you have the skills and knowledge and if you don't have the skills and knowledge you know somebody who does so just you know look around you take advice but trust in yourself really we're ready for it i mean it's it's great that you mentioned about that idea of culture and how yeah. really, you know, you're future proofing all the time and you're building that collegial, that, that there's collaborations. I suppose if you had to look back and think, well, actually, there's one part or one thing that I should have looked at more in yeah. hindsight, what yeah. would that be? I think it, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because I think. Um, you you hope everybody is ready for what is coming and what may come back from this is that not everybody was ready so should i have spotted the person who hasn't been ready for this who's not coped very well so how could i have spotted them and what could i've done differently and maybe i won't know until September so I you know I think I probably have a couple of vulnerable members of staff and you think you've got the the right people in there supporting and almost that's not my concern it's those members of staff who who are in the middle so you know if you're not careful they'll fall through the cracks really and and they're and they're the ones you've not spotted so um I think almost with hindsight you I won't know until the aftermath and we'll see where we are almost with that i think you know just i wish i wish you know i wish i suppose i was better you always wish you were better don't you i wish i'd been better at you know when people have sent me an email back saying i'm fine you know i'm fine thank you for asking oh i forgot to ask you didn't i and then they've gone <laughs> i'm really sorry i'm just grumpy i know i'm you know i'm sorry for not asking you so i think hopefully people cut each other some slack because mm. that's that's the culture also in the school you know we're not into a blame culture so you hope there's a bit of slack in the system. Um, but you just, you wish you were better all the time, don't you? Uh, it's a natural thing, isn't it? What can yeah. I have done better re reflecting on that? So if, if you were to, to reflect now on things that you've done very, very well, and you're really proud of yourself and how you've led, yeah. what would they be? I, I think almost that sort of pl planning early. So um, getting people ready for what was coming and giving people something to do so something worthwhile it's about trust isn't it i trust you and therefore i am putting you in charge of cpd or i am putting you in charge of hubs or i'm putting you in charge of well-being i trust you to do that come on let's you know just get on with it don't you don't need to engage much more with me because i trust you and i you know and for years we've all been talking the same language 
So you don't need to check in with me because your thinking and my thinking, hopefully, we've been thinking the same kinds of things, really. I mean, it sounds, Claire, speaking to you, that you've done a cracking job of, of you know, fostering a culture that is really coming to, to fruition in these times at the moment. It sounds if you've got a really good handle on, on your kids. It sounds if you've got a really good handle on where your, your, your staff are. So, I mean, it, it sounds as if things are in the best place they could possibly be at this time. I mean, what do you think to that? Yeah, it's, it, it's nothing, nothing is perfect. And, you know, it's, I, I, I often have this conversation with all my heads of school, really, because we talk about, you know, I wish I was kind of better at doing this or this or this, but actually, even when we make mistakes, it comes out of um, just trying things and, you know, I'm not perfect and they're not perfect, but we kind of trust each other and we like each other, Nicholas. And that's important. So even if I'm, you know, if I'm grumpy or they're grumpy with me or, you know, or I think, oh, don't, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. It doesn't matter because that's just how we are. We are. It's okay because we like each other and we respect each other. And I think that's, that's kind of, that's critical. And, and so, yeah, we're in the best possible place that we can be because we, we like each other. I always say whenever I interview new teachers, you know, I, <laughs> I don't always take the best teacher on the day because I can make them a good teacher, but I can't make them a nice person. So I always take nice people because, you know, we can make them good teachers. We've got great teachers and we'll do some good work with you and you'll become good, but we can't make you a nice person. So... <laughs> I mean, that's really isn't it? interesting about the fact that it's about relationships, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you can be the best teacher in the world, but if, if you're not great in the staff room, or if you're not great around, around school, it's going to cause problems, isn't it? And so, again, it comes back to that culture that you said, that foster yeah. that culture that you can all work together and develop collectively. Yeah. That's great. Okay, last thing, Colette, here, because you've been absolutely yeah. brilliant, is I'm asking all my guests a the, the top tip for leading schools at this time. So what would you, what your top tip here, Colette, for, for other school leaders? Talk. So I think, you know, talk to people and, and talk around the ideas that you've got and think and, yeah, there's, there's loads of top tips. There's a lot there, Colette, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and think and plan <laughs> i think you've got to be planning but you've got to be talking about your plans all the time because the more you talk about it the better the plan becomes so even if it's your kids or your husband or your mom just anybody talk that plan through because every time you talk about it you'll improve it and it'll be better and yeah i think that's my top tips <laughs> okay so, so your top tip <laughs> would, be, <laughs> would be would be would be what Colette? your top tip if you could summarize that talk okay I that's the first thing you said wasn't it talk yeah talk because yeah that's the that's the bit that makes a difference so by the end of the you know like i'm talking to you and already i've i've gone away thinking oh okay right so my next thing could be this this and this because it's just talking through your plans hearing them out loud makes a difference yeah and i think that's a really interesting point and again 
I think just generally people can be quite isolated in these times and that they don't make the effort. And especially I find when you're spending all day on these platforms, online platforms, yeah. you just get a bit zoned out, don't you? And the last thing you want to do is, you know, even have a, a drink or some or a glass of wine with somebody on the screen again. It's like, Oh, not on the screen. Yeah. I'm, I'm just screened out. You know, I just, I just need to get my head and looking at something rather than a computer. Yeah. Do you find, are you finding that? So, the screen just be are you hearing people when you really when you look at the screen or are you kind of zoning out of that it, it's it's strange i like to as, as we're doing now i mean i like to see people yeah because i think otherwise i'm just sort of off in a different world yeah, yeah. It, but it depends sometimes i mean i when, when i coach some people prefer to have the screen off yeah in the same way that some people like to be coached on the phone so you can't see them and it's yeah, just yeah. their way of being a bit more maybe comfortable and less vulnerable yeah. Yeah. So I suppose everyone's different, but for me, if I can see someone, then I can more closely connect with them. But it depends on meetings. I mean, sometimes I'm having meetings and I have my, my feet on the desk. It's awful, isn't it? You know, um, but it's just that and other meetings you, you're really in, isn't it? Uh, you know, as you would be face to face. So I think it just depends. But I'm, you know, and I know a lot of people are, and me included, spending a lot of time on screens. Yeah. You know, and it's great that we're being connected, but also it, it can be a bit too much at times. So that's the kind of the feedback that I'm getting as well. I think that, it, yeah. And I think it, it I suppose it almost, if I was doing another tip. <laughs> Keep going, yeah. Colette. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, there'll be a book by the end of it. <laughs> Choose wisely who you're talking to, I suppose. So like if you are feeling a certain way, so if I'm feeling a certain way, I don't ring my mum and dad who, to, who bless them they live in a, up in harrogate and they're having a nightingale hospital built up there yeah. and then my dad saw all these iso containers on a field so in his mind he's now thinking that's the morgue so he's just like it's so depressing speaking to my mum and dad at the moment and i just think oh i can't speak to you at the moment so i think choose wisely who you're talking to. who you're connecting with yeah that's, that's, that's a good point actually isn't it that's a good point and i think another interesting one actually again with the people that i'm speaking to is how people are evaluating yeah. what they want and what they don't want and how they want things to be when they go back into we yeah. say normal times you know what do they really cherish and, and who do they really connect with and what do they want to be doing with their lives when yeah. they go back yeah and yeah, that's, I think that's a really interesting conversation. It's an opportunity to think, isn't it? When else have mm. we had this type of time at home? And I think it's an opportunity to think differently, certainly. Now, whether that maintains or not is yet to be seen because people are creatures of habit and we'll see how long they can sustain that for. Yeah, and, and just before we, we finish, we had a quick chat, didn't we, before we came on air about if we thought things would go back to normal as we keep saying this word normal um it would in education say next academic year or whether yeah. we think there'll be changes because of what's happened in the last couple of months yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that Colette? yeah and I, I i don't know you know rumor has it offset are going to kind of not go into schools for a for a kind of a year and um they're not even convinced that there's going to be exams next year i think there's some rumor around that um but I just, I don't know. And, and I think when all said and done, if we come back in June, how much time have we actually missed? So I think it will be something like only six weeks of learning. Well, okay. Well, if it's six weeks of learning, can we make that up? Can we, is that insurmountable? So, you know, I don't know whether, 
So I, I, I'm genuinely not sure. And almost now is the time to be talking to other heads. Well, what do you think about that? And how do you feel about that? So, and connecting and, and talking in a different way amongst heads, maybe now is the time to start, you know, creating a bit of a, a discussion amongst them, really. Yeah, it's food for thought, isn't it? Food, food yeah. for thought. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Clay. You've been an absolute superstar. It's been a privilege talking to you. Um, take care um, going forward. Um, I'll be in touch soon uh, yeah. just to see how things are going. Um, if you're interested in being a guest on Pursue the Talks or would like to connect to discuss any of the topics in the show, please send me an email at nick, N-I-C-K, at pursue.com or visit our website, www.pursue.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn at Nicholas Mackay. Take care and look forward to speaking to you all again very soon. Bye.